Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2333, with a release date of Friday, July 15, 2022, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. The James Webb Space Telescope sends its first images. Indonesia prepares to send its first ham radio satellite into space. And meet our young ham of the year for 2022. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2333 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron, NATMW. We begin this week with one of the most groundbreaking radio transmissions ever to reach the Earth from space. We hear those details from Paul Brown, WD9GCO. July 11th was a huge day for fans of space, astronomy, and science in general as NASA revealed the first images from the James Webb Space Telescope. The first deep field image released to the public, the highest resolution infrared view of the universe to date, shows a cluster of distant galaxies so dense that they act as a gravitational lens to magnify even more distant galaxies. Given the time it takes the light to travel, the photo also shows some of the oldest objects ever observed. The Webb telescope, which has been in development since 1996, differs from the Hubble, which it is meant to replace. It's designed to see farther into the infrared spectrum and can capture objects far dimmer than Hubble can see. The 21-foot diameter main mirror is mounted on a space platform, which places it clear of infrared interference from Earth's atmosphere. NASA has promised even more amazing imagery in the coming days. While the telescope is not tied directly to amateur radio, it does use radio to transmit the data back to Earth, and we here at Newsline simply can't resist an exciting space story. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. There's some other big news involving space, this time from Indonesia. We have those details from Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. After six years in development, Indonesia's Suraya Satellite 1, the nation's first satellite, has begun the first leg of its journey into space. Shipment to the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, in October of this year, the Amateur Radio CubeSat, which has an APRS Digipeter on board, will be launched from Japan for its journey to the International Space Station. The ISS will release the satellite into orbit in November. It was developed by students at Saraya University and had support of the Satellite Technology Research Centre at the country's National Recent Innovation Agency. Experts at the Aeronautics and Space Research Organisation in Indonesia heralded the satellite as a pioneer of nanosatellites for Indonesia and expressed hope it would inspire other Indonesian universities to complete similar projects. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Back home on Earth, authorities in Switzerland have just given some good news to hams who enjoy building their own transceivers. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has more on that story. 
It's now official. The European CE certification requirement for amateur radio-built homebrew transmitters has been removed in Switzerland. Although this has been the accepted practice in the country for some time, a recent publication by the Swiss regulator Ofcom has formally declared the exemption acceptable and legal. Exemptions are also granted for commercial equipment that is modified for personal home use. Kits to build transmitters may also be imported for amateurs' own personal use. Imported radio for amateurs, even those that do not possess a European CE certification mark, are allowed. The hams remain responsible to ensure that all of their equipment complies with regulations governing spurious emissions. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Yet another amateur radio conference is taking place in person this year following COVID cancellations. Stephen Kenford, N8WB, gives us those details. Hams interested in any and all forms of digital communication are welcome to attend the 41st ARRL and TAPR Digital Communication Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, from September 16th to the 18th. In the meantime, organizers are looking for technical papers on such topics as digital satellite communication, digital signal processing, HF digital modes, software-defined radio, global positioning systems, peer-to-peer wireless networking, and the role of Homeland Defense digital communication in amateur radio. If you have expertise to share on these or other related subjects, you can submit your papers no later than September 1st to ARRL Production Coordinator Maddie Weinberg, KB1EIB. The three-day conference will be held at the Hilton Charlotte Airport Hotel. Maddie's address is M-A-T-Y at A-R-R-L dot O-R-G. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Preparations are already in the works for the next QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo, and organizers are putting out a call for presenters. Topics can be most amateur radio-related subjects worth sharing, an insight into technology, a skill, a ham radio project or invention, even a story. The expo is being held September 17th and 18th. According to an announcement by organizer Eric Guth, 4Z1UG. There will be a particular effort to seek young active amateur radio operators as speakers. For additional details about how to get involved, follow the link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. There's more to Morse code than just successfully logging QSOs, and few hams know that better than this next group. Randy Sly, W4XJ, tells us about them. One of the things we experience each field day is that Food Fellowship and QSOs go together well for amateur radio operators. This formula has also been followed for many years by a group in Michigan called the Ditda CW Gang. Established by Ted Rachwall, K8AQM, Jeremy Downard, K8JAD, and his father Greg Downard, KE8CEW, The gang is an informal group of CW operators who come together during the year for various events of the Straight Key Century Club as KS8KCC. Ted told Amateur Radio Newsline that the friendships developed during those weekends and at other times is what draws amateurs from the region to join them. Our plan, he said, is to consume more calories than QSOs. But don't let that fool you. As seasoned operators with a lot of power and great antennas, they are always working pileups while on the air. In fact, 
When they call CQ, they mean business. If you've already been fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of one of their unique QSL cards, you'll recognize right away that the card's humorous but slightly menacing cartoon characters depicting different members of the gang can be quite misleading. This is a decidedly friendly bunch that wants to hear from as many operators as possible. Since receiving their vanity call in 2016, the Dit Da CW gang has now been joined by other quasi-official clubs in all U.S. call areas who obtained an SKCC-related call. So get out your straight key, dust off your bug, and listen for KS8KCC and its cousins during the next event. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Utah Amateur Radio Club's W7SP repeater on Sundays as part of the club's 9 p.m. net. If you're one of those hams who likes to operate while mobile, you're in good company, as we hear from Cell MB, KB3TZD. Inspired by a group of American amateur radio operators in Wisconsin, Surrey Emergency Program Amateur Radio VE7SAR is hosting its first mobile cruise-in for hams in British Columbia, Canada. It's an opportunity to show off creative approaches to mobile operation. Whether the portable shack is maritime mobile, pedestrian, bicycle, or even horseback. A post on the Surrey Group's blog said that the local event will be held on August 14th and is modeled after the one that has been held for dozens of years by the Portage County Amateur Radio Service in Wisconsin. The Surrey Club's members are hoping to see creative approaches to operators' grab-and-go kits as well as more formal installations. Prizes will be awarded for the most bands covered and neatest installation. Entries will be judged by the Surrey Fire and Police Services. The club is hosting it in the parking lot of the A&W restaurant in Surrey. For more details, visit ve7sar.net. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cell Emby, KB3TZD. Is AM mode going away? Well, certainly not in amateur radio, but there has apparently been some action among automakers who are making the transition to electric car manufacture. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us that story. Amplitude modulation, so loved by radio amateurs for being the first voice mode, is apparently becoming the last choice commercial radio option for some automobile manufacturers who are having second thoughts about retaining AM radio in their new cars. Many are citing electric motor interference. They claim the electric motors that provide the power to drive the wheels mess with terrestrial AM radio reception, creating new issues with distortion, static, and signal loss. Tesla has already cut AM radios from its vehicles, starting with its original Model S. BMW pulled it from both its i3 and i8 sedans, and no Audi models that are fully electric are equipped with AM radios either. A representative for Audi explained on the ConsumerGuide.com website that drivers can make up for the loss by opting to stream those stations via digital signals on cellular or Wi-Fi connections. An article on the website TheDrive.com also noted that AM is practically gone from the broadcast radio scene in Europe as well, overtaken by the DAB format. 
In the U.S., however, where AM radio still remains popular, it will be a challenge, especially for those long-distance drivers who most especially love the commercial radio version of DXing. In fact, one of those authors wrote on the website of Incompliancemag.com, quote, Woe to those drivers who have fond memories of listening to an ever-changing array of AM radio stations as they traveled across the country in wood-paneled station wagons, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. The Parks on the Air Awards Program is hosting its summer plaque event and preparing for its big awards ceremony to be held online on the POTA YouTube channel. Vance Martin, N3VEM, has those details. Don't miss the summer plaque event coming up July 16th and 17th, UTC. This is our busiest weekend every year, and it's your chance to win one of 17 high-quality plaques for your shack. Once the event is over... Be sure to upload your activation logs using POTA's new self-upload service, and then be on the lookout at the annual plaque event section from the menu at POTA.app for details on the award ceremony, where an esteemed list of guests will join us on the official POTA YouTube channel to help us announce the winners. Guest presenters for this year's awards show include individuals from AR Newsline, Ham Radio Crash Course, ICQ Podcast, Ham Radio Live and WRMI Shortwave CQ Calling Show, Ham Radio Workbench Podcast, and of course, Parks on the Air. I am personally excited to announce that Matt Heer, N3NWV, whom many of you know from our official POTA 101 videos, will be taking over the reins of these monthly updates beginning in August. I've had a lot of fun recording these updates, but I'm looking forward to handing the reins over to our official media manager as we continue to grow the program. As always, the team at Parks on the Air wishes you safe activations and happy hunting. 73. This is November 3, Victor Echo Mike. In the world of DX, be listening for Pete ZL4TE using the call sign E51RMP from the South Cook Islands through the 21st of July. He'll be operating holiday style QRP on some of the HF bands and will also be on VHF using the digital voice mode D-Star. Pete will be using both CW and SSB. QSL to his home call. Listen for special event stations 4Z21MG and 4X21MG to be active from Maccabea Village in Israel during the 21st Maccabea Games, an international sporting event through July 26th. Operation is on various HF bands using CW, SSB, and FT8. There will also be operation on various satellites, QSL via 4X6ZM. Amateur Radio Newsline is proud to announce the winner of the 2022 Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award. Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, chairman of the award program, is here with the story. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. That was the reaction of Audrey McElroy, KM4BUN, after learning she had been selected as the recipient of Newsline's Young Ham of the Year Award. Audrey of Cumming, Georgia, is the daughter of Thomas McElroy, W4SDR, and Janet McElroy, K4PRM. Her brother, Jack, is KM4ZIA. Audrey is 18 and an honor student who graduated in June from Forsyth Central High School in Cumming, Georgia. She already has begun computer science studies at Georgia Tech. She credits her parents with generating her 
early interest in amateur radio. By the age of like three or four, I was out there helping my dad put antennas up, run coax in the hot summer heat, and I became so fascinated looking into the radios. Audrey passed her tech test in June 2014 at the age of 10, took her general license exam a few years later, and passed her extra test on election night 2016 at the age of 13. In 2019, Audrey was invited to join the Dave Calter Memorial Youth DX Adventure to Curacao. Probably the, one of the best experiences in my life, not only in amateur radio, but overall. You're so blessed to be able to use the PJ2T station, and we spent day and night making contacts. We broke the record for the number of contacts made. I think we made over 6,500 contacts in just a span of really just a few days when you count up all the hours. Audrey says she put her love of amateur radio together with her pursuit of biotechnology STEM studies in high school to produce a senior capstone project that involved a high-altitude balloon launch. Her payload was small roundworms, or C. elegans. My whole project was launching them up to 100,000 feet, which I calculated using the amount of helium and everything. And at the same time, I was taking measurements and readings about the pressure and the temperature. But this was not her first launch. She credits her mentor, Bill Brown, WB8ELK, a NASA engineer with helping her achieve success in launching several high-altitude and orbiting balloons, including one that circled the globe nearly five times. Audrey has made presentations during forums in Dayton, Huntsville, and for the youth on the air camp. Audrey says promoting amateur radio is a big part of her immediate future. Now I kind of make it my mission to bring more youth, and especially women, in amateur radio and STEM. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V. Audrey will receive her award on Saturday, August 20th during ceremonies at the Huntsville Hamfest in the Von Braun Center in Huntsville, Alabama. With thanks to the ARRL, ConsumerGuide.com, CQ Magazine, CNN, the Ditta CW Gang, David BR, K7DB, NASA, Orari, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, QSO Today, Southgate Amateur Radio News, Shortwave Radio.de, Surrey Emergency Program Amateur Radio, TheDrive.com, UN Office for Outer Space Affairs, USKA, and URL. Our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org. And know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, NATMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022, all rights reserved.